Well, good morning. God bless you. It's a, a podcast day. However, it's Wednesday. Uh, I missed Tuesday. I was traveling. It's just hard sometimes to bring all my gear uh, when I travel, but glory to God, we're going to make it up to you today. Amen. Uh, we're continuing on the subject, how to stay clean in these last days, or, you know, I'm going to be, be revealing uh, and continually revealing to the Lord comes, you know, the, the, the antics of Satan or the little, uh, you know, pitfalls and roadblocks that he tries to form in deception so that we're not caught off guard. But I want to just deal with some uh, biblical, you know, obviously every time we deal with these truths, it's, it's Bible based. We're Bible people. Uh, but I want to deal with today some entry points the devil uses uh, to sift, to vex, to corrupt, uh, or try to anyway, a believer. And always understand this concerning uh, the subject of demons, demonology, deliverance, and on and on it goes. Uh, never, 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 ever, ever, never, ever glorify Satan. He is a defeated foe. His demons have been defeated. They've been cast out of heaven. Uh, Satan himself and all demons are a creation of God. Uh, lesser than a human being. You know, the human being was the only creation that God created in his image. He didn't create uh, angels of light. Or, or, or all angels were angels of light. Those who went with Satan were cast out. But as, uh, Satan himself was a created angel, uh, created a servant for God and a servant to the body of Christ. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews uh, 1 that all spirit are, are all angels or angel spirits are messengers to the body of Christ, or helpers, or sent. Uh, come on now, say amen to the body of Christ. So uh, you can't exalt demons. You can't exalt Satan. You can't make him look like he's big, bad, and strong, and 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 Jesus is weak, and, and Jesus just barely wins all the time. No, uh, Jesus is a dominator. Uh, he has given us dominion and dominating power. We have power over Satan and over every demon. The problem lies when we when we're you know making this point in discussion here. The problem lies where uh, people are taught incorrectly or don't take time to read, study their Bible, and build a, a biblical truth concerning who we have become in Christ Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of preachers, a lot of you know non uh, you know I'd say lay people or church people or uh, barely saved or maybe even you know good-hearted Christians who are just misinformed. And they paint this picture that as Christians, we become this, you know, weak people. We become this just lovey, kind of worldly, lovey, hippie, uh, you know, people and Satan's so bad and we lose all the time because evil always prevails and that's all right because we're going to heaven and we'll show Satan when we get to heaven because then we'll have power in heaven. Those are all myths, truths. Uh, Jesus gave us, or, or God gave us through Jesus a great power. And that's an authoritative power. We've, we've gained back our authority that we had initially in Genesis 1.26 when God said, I create man in our own image and, and give him dominion or let him dominate or rule over what we have created. Uh, we lost that with Adam. Well, we gained it uh, back once again with Jesus on the cross of Calvary, those who are believers. And then the Lord gave us another great power. Then that power is, is has been given to us through the Holy Spirit, and that's a power called dunamis. The first one is exousia, a Greek word, which is authority. The second one, dunamis, is our modern-day word would be dynamite or explosive, or an ex it's an extreme word. 
Uh, so we have these powers, and these powers are to exercise our right and our God-given our God-given rights and abilities over uh, these these demonic forces. Now, back to what I was saying: when we have Christians in error of the word or misinformed, uh, they walk around with a, me- a weak mindset, or in ignorance, uh, they take on this meek and mild manner. Uh, I can be defeated mindset. Well, that's not who we are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Come on now, you ought to say amen. Or we have another group of people that never take time to to walk in the the severity of of Christianity. And we live with kind of a hybrid Christianity, which is part worldly, part pagan. It's just like the Nicolaitans and and, and the, the churches that John revealed in Revelation in the first three chapters uh, those three books are for today, the modern day church before we're raptured. But Jesus or the Holy Spirit was pointing his finger in these churches, these last days churches, one of them being the Nicolaitans. And God was against them because they involved or tried to, to mix uh, uh, pagan practices with Christianity. They tried to come up with the hybrid Christianity. And that's what a lot of uh, that's what modernism is. Christian, you know, Christian modernism or, or Christian modernist uh, would be a people that say, "Let's take the world to appeal to the world, and let's blend it with Christianity, so Christianity doesn't look so old-fashioned or, or look so uh, hard or intense, and then we can draw more people." Well, you've taken when you do that, uh, you've taken the word of God. And you've watered it down and you've changed its meaning or the intent that God uh, had when he ha- had men pen it or spoke it into existence. We, you have to protect the integrity of God's word. And the, and the, you cannot change God's word uh, because you're, you're, you have a sinful life. You have sinful habits. You can't amend. You can't change. You can't take it out of context to make your sin feel good. No, that's false doctrine. Then you become a heretic when you do that. It's heresy. It's incorrect. It's ungodly. Uh, you, you know, be, you become false prophets. You're, you're speaking in error. Um, you're going to get in trouble with God doing that. You got to protect the integrity of God's word and the way uh, that God intended for man to receive it. And, and you can't change it according to your opinions or emotions because your opinions and your emotions uh, go up and down. Come on, are you here? Say Amen. So let's look at this now. That, that was a pretty good opening. Say amen. Uh, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you have your Bibles, go there quickly. Uh, but I want to talk about two points today that Satan uh, you know, has easy access to or uses as entry points uh, as we allow him. Now, let me preface a little more. Uh, Satan's only right to the believer is when we ga- give him access or grant him access. He has no. He can't push his way in. Uh, he can't, uh, you know, forcefully uh, come in. He, he, it's illegal for him to do that, and he has to abide by the the, the law of the letter. Uh, so the only way Satan has access to you is by uh, you allowing or granting him access. So Romans twelve. If you're there, uh, read along with me, or, or, or get your notebook out. Get ready to take some notes here. One and two says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, underline that, and you can write next to it in your Bible. That's a continual process. So you don't live, uh, 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 present yourself a sacrifice for the first month of Christianity, or when things are going good, or when you feel like it. 
uh, or, or when you, you know, your, your opinions come out from underneath this, you know, self-discipline and you rage and act like a, you know, a, a fool, then you don't have to, pre- no, you have to, as a believer, your new life as I constantly and continually present my body, a living sacrifice. There's power there. Uh, there's ability uh, there. There's protection there in presenting or living a sacrificial life to God or sacrificing your life to God constant and continually. Uh, holy and acceptable unto God, that means uh, anything that's not uh, sacrificial is not acceptable. Think about that. That means uh, God doesn't have to accept uh, your yourself or you as a sacrifice to him. Whoa, uh-oh. See, come on now. There's a lot of of, of mistruth concerning uh, God's word or the dividing of God's word. There's so much, so many perversions and in wrong teachings and you know I don't even twisted teachings of God's word that there there's so many avenues to it and, and Christians don't even know how, what they believe anymore or what sect or what group or who taught us or why we stand. No, we got to forget sex groups, denominations, religions, and on and on it goes. We have to stand with the truth, the integrity of God's word, and we have to protect that. But God here says, present your body living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, once again, uh, you're presenting yourself unto God a living sacrifice. Uh, He can, may or may not accept it, depending on what you're offering or presenting to him. Uh, God uh, never, ever, never is going to settle for seconds. Uh, God's not a second God. God uh, desires your very best all the time. So get these things straight. Now, I like what it says here, uh, reasonable service. A lot of people don't understand that. Uh, that means you're, you're just doing what a Christian does. This is a, a, a daily lifestyle of a, a believer that's just reasonable service. God's not asking you to do anything out of the ordinary. He's just giving you the guidelines of Christianity. And he said, and that, my friend, living, uh, he didn't say that, my friend, I'm saying to you, and that, my friend, uh, the parameters of Christianity are, are living a sacrificial life. And that, my friend, is what I'm saying is a, just a reasonable service. Now, to it says, and be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove uh, what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God concerning, it doesn't say this, but I'll say this, concerning uh, your life. So let me give you a couple points here today. Uh, Number one, uh, the entry points that Satan uses, uh, number one, and these aren't the only entry points, but I'm just giving you a few today, an undisciplined body. Now, uh, you got to figure out and you got to learn self-discipline. And it's easier to do it with your flesh, to begin to, to discipline your flesh first, um, because then you, you create a habit and understand how discipline works in the fruit of discipline, of self-discipline. The fruit of self-discipline is some of the sweetest fruit there is. Uh, to see the reward of your hard work or, or the reward of sacrifice is a very amazing fruit. It's very just pleasing. Amen. But an undisciplined body, we could say it like this. Uh, when a person uh, constantly yields to, um, you know, appetites that they, he or she may have uh, created, but they indulge in uh, these destructive appetites of the flesh, that's not a disciplined body. That's an undisciplined body. 
Now, I'm not talking about diet and exercise, but yes, that could fall under this point. But I'm talking about because if if we'll do it, let's just name some things. I hope this is helping you. Let's name some things. All right, let's say uh, sleep habits. Okay, yeah, that's one. Uh, Let's say diet. Yeah, that's one. Let's say exercise or not. Okay, yeah, that's one. Uh, Let's say uh, what you watch on on TV or computer. Yeah, you you can create a wrong appetite. If you start watching... Let's look at this, uh, and I wanted, uh, and it, this flows with kind of what we were saying last week, and we're flowing in this vein. I, I may not get to the fullness of this because I don't want to drag it out, but let's just look at, if you will, subliminally, what music and sounds and sights carry uh, to f- to your soul from the world to your soul. What what they convey, like if we were to put on uh, you know, lovers' music. Let's just say you get the lover's channel. You say, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Nothing wrong with that. Well, what's it do? A love song, what's it do? It puts you in the mood for what? For love. But not huggy, touchy love. No, it puts you in the mood for physical love. Because there's a message ingrained within it because it's come from the world. It's come out of the world. It hasn't come out of of heaven. It's come from the world. So if, if you'll allow your guard down and you'll watch a movie that has a message within it uh, to to cause your soul to create an appetite or a hunger for your soul, well, you'll go from a rated R movie with a couple hot sex scenes to pornography. Once again, uh, that that's a, an undisciplined uh, body, an undisciplined person. And on and on it goes. So my point is, is if you have an undisciplined lifestyle within your flesh, it, it's easy for Satan now to come at you with another one, with another one, because that door is already open. So what I would say to you is I'd, I'd say learn self-discipline. When I do uh, business classes or meet with any kind of pastors or uh, young people, if I could tell them the number one thing be, beyond getting born again, beyond getting spirit-filled, praying in tongues, you know, studying your Bible, tithing and offer, all those things, this would be like an addition to, because it'll help you with all those things, but... I'd say uh, get and learn how to live a self-disciplined life. Uh, create habits and then discipline yourself, uh, healthy habits, and then discipline yourself to never leave those healthy habits. Like you'll have to, you'll have to self-discipline yourself to read your Bible daily. Uh, you'll have to self-discipline yourself to pray in the Holy Ghost, to naturally pray, to worship God uh, for uh, good church attendance, to tithe, to offer. That's a, that's a product of self-discipline. Come on, I'm helping you. But when that fence or defense of self-discipline is not present, you become an easy target uh, for Satan. Come on, are you still here? And no, I'm not picking on anybody. If you haven't noticed yet, Richard Summerlin Ministries, New Way Church, uh, has been established by God, and the assignment that God's given this church is to cr- is to create or grow up some really severe believers, and uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job with it. Amen. Uh, number two, an uh, unrenewed mind. So number one would be an undisciplined body, flesh, and number two is an unrenewed mind. Uh, Philippians two five says, "Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus." So. Uh, if our if our mind's not continually renewed, or if we're not washing our mind with the Word of God, 
or if we're not regenerating, come on, are you here? You you can't go, all right, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith, come in, all right, say it with me. You ready? Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say there, so then faith comes by heard. A lot of people think they hear it once and they got it. No, it's a regenerating process. It's a constant and a continual. So you have to renew your mind daily. You have to wash your mind daily. You have to program your mind daily. Come on, are you here? Say amen or something. Do something. I'm preaching pretty good. Amen. So you've got to let this mind that was in Christ be in you. Well, how are you going to do that? You're going to meditate on the things of God, on the principles of God. You're going to meditate the scripture of God. You're going to put down the world. You're going to put down your little you know, device. You're going to put down your little show, put down your little habit. You put down your little, you know, trophy, and you're going to have to pick up God. You're going to pick up the word of God. Uh, get in communion, get in fellowship with God, with the Almighty. That's where we're going for eternity. We're not staying in this world for eternity. We're leaving. The Bible said this world is such a small uh, thing, or, or Paul likened to it as a vapor, and another translation says a mist. One day it's here, one day it's gone. Then we're spending eternity, some of us are going to spend eternity uh, with our Heavenly Father. Some are going to get left behind. I'm trying to make it so you don't get left behind. But my point is, if we're going to spend eternity with him, uh, we ought to start liking and loving him before we get here and falling in love with him. And we ought to begin to comply uh, with the parameters of Christianity and follow suit uh, to, to our, 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 come on, our eternity. We shouldn't get to heaven. And now you think you're going to get to heaven and then figure out, uh, the, the reasonable service of Christianity when you get to heaven and God's going to take t- time to train you and retrain you to be what he sent pastors or fivefold ministers to train or to create within you. No, that's my job. You said, well, I don't want to listen to you. I don't like you. Okay. Find someone else that's a truth bearer that, uh, you know, you little opinionated, little soulful, Come on now, I'm not picking, but I'm just trying to make things real true here and real apparent to you. Uh, It's not about liking a style. It's about liking the truth, desiring the truth. But if you're just an emotion, you know, confused and an emotional wreck, I wouldn't like me either because I'm stable. I'm consistent. Uh, I'm a God guy. I'm a Bible guy. So people who aren't those things may look at someone like me and say they're a little overbearing or, you know, a little over the top or a little aggressive? And the answer is, I yes, I'm extremely aggressive. I'm extremely over the top. Not a little, a lot. It, it's called, a, I'm a God man. I'm a Bible man. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm passionate about the things of God. I'm full of love. Come on, are you here? So we got to get this mindset, and we got to change our mindset, and you got to figure out you're not an earth person first, and you've taken on Christianity. No, you're, you're not a, I'm not, I don't know, I like to say this word, but you're not like an earthling, and then you're adopting uh, this foreign Christian belief system. No, the Bible says when you become, uh, when you call on Jesus, the phrase or the term is, uh, you become born again. And even in the Bible, uh, when Jesus used that term, he says, well, how is it that I can go back into my mother's womb or it's impossible? Well, yes, in the natural sense, but it, it, you know, figuratively, 
there's a death at the day of your experience with Jesus Christ, and you become born uh, new once again in the spirit realm to where you now are not earthly adopting a foreign Christian mindset as much as you become heavenly. Come on, are you here now? And in this new and in this God experience, not only are you heavenly, but your spirit possesses the fullness of heaven, or the ability uh, to transfer to receive information at, at, at such an amazing uh, capacity that bypasses our natural learning abilities. Your spirit—it's almost like a computer downloading uh, files through a, a firewire or some kind of special cable. It happens instantly. The Holy Spirit talks to our spirit, and our spirit can convey, understand, believe, receive, download uh, a mass amount of information in, in just a split second. Uh, so you now are, are a heavenly person when you get born again. When you receive Jesus, you're a heavenly person, and you now got to catch your mind up with what happened in that experience. And the way you do that is you meditate, you wash your mind, you wash your brain, and the Bible says you do it with the Word of God. According to Ephesians 5, you can wash yourself with these the words on this page, on the Word of God, the Bible. Then you can't choose, pick and choose what you want to keep. Like if you've created a habit of gossip, of dishonor, I know I'm preaching pretty hard today, uh, but if you've created a habit of dishonor, like I'm not going to honor anybody. I'm not going to be. I'm disloyal. I'm not going to be loyal to anybody. I'm going to. I'm going to talk behind people's back. I'm going to backbite because because it makes me feel good. Yeah, it does. But what it makes feel good is the the, the entry point or the undisciplined flesh, and you've created such an appetite uh, of that undisciplined habit that it now is driving you. And I'll tell you this, it'll drive you to hell. You, know, you may think just because you said a little prayer somewhere along the line that now you've got a, you know, a, a shoe into heaven no matter what you do, but pagans aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God. An, an anti-God uh, person that prayed a, a, a Christian prayer that now goes on a rampage to defame, dethrone, hurt, and and cause havoc in the body of Christ just because they said a prayer. No, no, no. The, the Bible's very clear of who will enter into the kingdom of God, and the Bible has given us a list who will not enter into the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you right now, you need to get rid of these pagan mindsets and these little pagan appetites that we've created in error with faulty preachers and with self undisciplined lifestyles and we need to get back on track oh i hope i'm i hope i'm helping you today amen uh, let's look at this uh, thoughts are powerful seeds and they connect to your emotions uh, and words to form behaviors i'd go back to this think about this your your conscience and your subconscious your conscience I've taught you this, but it's very important to understand it here when we're talking about the mind. Your conscience is what you think on initially. It's, it's the, the, the first level of defense uh, in words. They come in your ears. It's not your heart's ears, but your head ears. Words come in and your conscience, the job of your conscience is to accept or reject the, the information that comes in. Now, 
if you're a weak Christian, you may accept some things that you know are wrong, but you don't have any strong defense against them. So they're still kind of appealing to the old nature. But the way that your mind works, or it should work as a born-again believer, being led by the Spirit, is you've washed your mind, you've renewed your mind, your conscience now is alert. And within your conscience in that realm, God has placed the ability to know the difference between good and bad, uh, uh, good and evil, and so on and so forth. Now, if your conscience is sharp, and it's not seared, and it's not, so don't worry about that. And you hear information, you say, that's wrong, however I like it. Uh Uh-oh. Or that's wrong, I know that's wrong, I know that's bad, I know that's evil, but I like it. Well, the problem with that is, is now you're allowing it, uh, you're renting it space or allowing it space in your conscience. The problem is, and the Bible doesn't tell us when or how long, or doesn't give us a time frame, but at some point in time, it'll drop from your conscience into that thinking uh, realm and that uh, ability to still break free from it, but just somewhere along that path, it doesn't say when or how long, it drops from your conscience into your sub, your beneath conscience. And your subconscious is really not your subconscious, it is, but it'd be better to say that it goes from your conscience, your brain, your head, and it drops down to, and I'm pointing at my belly, into the innermost part of my being. And it now becomes that thought, let's say it was a wrong thought, and you knew it was wrong, but you just let it set, you know, set in your mind uh, for a while because you just were, didn't want to get rid of it. You knew it was wrong, and you wanted to think about it. Maybe, just maybe, maybe you'll accept it, but not really because it's wrong. But then it drops down. And now it's attached itself to your sub or beneath person, the heart of who you really are. And now it's become a natural standard for you. Now that's just naturally who you are. It's bypassed your subconscious, so you're not thinking about it anymore. It's dropped down to now who you are, or it's become a part of you, and now you naturally uh, receive it, you naturally have an appetite for it, you partake of it, and you don't even think about it anymore because that's just who you are. That's just a part of my, it's like a hand, it's like a foot, that sin now, or, or that thing now is just a part, that gossip, that you know, I'm not going to be honorable. I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to be a liar. I'm going to be sneaky. I'm going to be whatever it is, that appetite that you've allowed, that lie of Satan has entered in, then now you have to contend with it for real. Or now you're going to have to root that thing out and it's going to take some work and it's going to take some time. Well, speaking of time, we're out of it. I hope this helped you. I hope I'm helping you every week. Uh, but I want to get this to you. I, I, I want us to be strong for the Lord and the things of God. Uh, but don't forget that now. When you're getting words in, they form behaviors. Uh, the, the mind must be renewed because the mind goes into meditation. Like when you hear words, the way you were created, you don't do this on purpose. This is just how you're created. God's given you the imagination, the, the create pictures. God's given you the ability to meditate, to meditate Uh, in the shallow sense, and then it grows into a deep sense to create and give you creative ability. So when I hear information, uh, if if I don't kick out bad information, the process that God has created my mind, my soul, my volition, my opinion, my emotion, all those things go to work automatically for evil and begin to form 
uh, a behavior because I didn't contend with or I didn't kick out the evil or ungodly thing initially. It's time to wash our brains. It's time to become disciplined believers. It's time to live clean in these last days. Get clean and live clean. Well, I love you. Uh, RichardSummerlin.com, Richard Summerlin Ministries, NewWayChurchFL.com. Hey, you know, send us a link, send us something. I don't know. Uh, let me know how I'm helping you or tell me you love me. I sure love you. God bless you. <laughs>